Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you Chapter 31 of Hunter Hunted Hybrid Wars, my third dip into the Khan Mason series. Always, if you can like, share and subscribe to this wherever you can, and leave feedback at sites like fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. All of your thoughts and feelings are always appreciated, and I always love reading what you guys have thought, and what you're thinking, and the directions you want me to go in. And if you do pop over to ghostnobody.com, why don't you check out Storm Rider while you're there? My original story told on that one site and that one site only. And you know, if big girly dragon-esque girls, orcs, elves, magical realms, multiple worlds and undead are your thing, check it out, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy it. And also while you're there, why don't you check out the Ghostly Link section. Pick yourself up a copy of Mortis from either Smashwords or from Amazon. Help support me and keep me doing what I love. Bringing unlikely alien romance stories to you, good people. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own AVP or anything to do with it. This is all fan fiction. I'm just here to keep the Huntresses happy. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 30. Pincer Movement. I don't sense any dark presence here. Looks like they don't have nightmare assassins on this base. Ak said, turning to look at Tick from their hiding spot in the Latheraj tree branch that overlooked the Scalathorian base. The thing was almost identical to the one already in their possession, except that it seemed to be missing the Latheraj radio tower in the centre for the control network. The one in their possession must be the data hub, meaning most of their military and communication traffic was being routed through it, not to mention the jamming that was blanking in the planet and surrounding space. Grand Patriarch and Matriarch, this is Captain Delethron. Aboard Grand Matriarch's Fury, you're receiving over. A distinctly feminine Yuta voice cut through their helmet comms. Ark nodded a tick and she pressed her comms button. They were far enough away that they're speaking without their suits muting their voices. They couldn't be heard, unless they shouted or in Tick's case roared. This is Grand Matriarch, Tick Elif Mason. Go ahead, Captain Telethron. Over. Tick replied, not recognising the ship death designation. Ah, it's good to hear your voice, Grand Matriarch. I'm going to t in to tell you the Dreadnought in orbit is ready to assist wherever needed. Matriarch Celereleth took the liberty of naming the ship. She said, and I and an order to quote this to you, it hits like my Matriarch when she hits her hand with my Patriarch's anvil hammer. She told me that you'd know what that meant, Telethrin said. To her left, Tick heard her beloved one snort a laugh into his helmet and he pressed his comms. Tell my beloved daughter she's a genius, and if she ever does find that hammer in orbit, I'd rather, li rather like to have it back. I really like that hammer, Ark said into his comm, making Tick aim a playful swat at his head, which he deftly dodged. Don't worry, Captain, my most beloved one knows exactly what it means, and I'll be having words with my beloved cub when we get back. But until then, it's good to have you here, Captain. Speak to the other captains in orbit, and as of now you are under the command of Vess aboard the Dreamer. She'll have your orders, and best use where that new ship of yours can be best used. Until we meet, good hunting, and may the goddess bless your hunt. Take Elith Mason, over and out. Take said, glaring at her still sniggering husband. Arak must have sensed her glare through her helmet because he reached out and patted her arm. Oh, don't be sour, my love. She could have told her to say it hits like my mother after that time she ate too much Gunther meat and couldn't get into her ceremonial armour. As I remember, I had to replace two cabinets that day. 
he said playfully, and Tick growled darkly. Don't remind me of that. It took me three weeks of jungle running to get my arse back into that armour. She snarled and act playfully patted her rear. And what a result it was. After all those running and squats, I could have sworn you made a deal with Pyre to sculpt it for you. Plus, I swear she's enhanced it, because every time I see it, it takes my breath away. And takes almost, almost all my dream warrior of power to pull my eyes away, let alone my hands. Ack said sensually as he ran his hand over her armoured rear end. And Tick felt a purr rising in her throat, not to mention a growl. She had to fight it back down. This was not the time nor the place. They were on a record and mission, not a wild frolic through the trees. Though if it were an armoured dream warrior or not, nothing would stop her from claiming her prize. Maybe after the hunt here is done, I'll show you if you are a good woman boy. She purred at him sensually, knowing that he wouldn't be able to resist. And she could almost feel him smiling at her through his, under his helmet. And what are we waiting for? Let's hunt, shall we? He said defiantly, and this time Tick did purr. It was hard not to when her husband was all fired up like this. It was infectious. The pair dropped down from the tree and retreated back to the staging area they'd set up in a ring of tightly packed trees. There waiting for them were Tick's own team, Hunter One, Axe Team, plus another, plus the other clan mason teams that had accompanied them, plus numerous surface stalker prides, many of which were having come from the nearest surface entrance to, of the underground cities. They all stood to attention as the pair entered, including the Raptorians, oddly enough. At ease. Okay, we got a good look at the place. It's pretty well fortified. Don't think the whole Trojan horse trick is going to work a second time. Didn't see any vehicle traffic either coming or going. Only thing that seems to be moving in that place is Draconis scouts. So we're going to need a way in. Ack said. They have a great many snipers, not to mention heavy weapons mounted all the way along the ramparts. Seem to have been doubling their efforts to clear the skies of those large six-wing things that they that like to hunt them, so a great many of them dead around the base. It's like they've been left out to warn off the others from the territory, Tick said, pointing to the areas where they'd seen the things on the holosphere image her husband had set up at the base. Um, Grand Matriarch, if I may, I might have a way inside. Yes, a rather young battle angel said, holding up her hand like she was still in school. Both of them looked at her and Tisk gestured for the softly spoken Xeno girl to continue. Um, well, when we were looking at the other base, I got a look at their perimeter walls. The metal might be smooth, but we Xenos could easily climb it. If we retract the glove and foot section on our armour, that is. All we need is a way to circumvent the high voltage they have running through it to prevent the fauna from attacking it, the young Xeno said. Axe scratched his chin. Hmm, Xenos can carry quite a load when climbing as well, can't you? But I doubt even you guys could ha haul a fully armed and armoured hunter or seeker up a wall that big, he said. He shook her head. No, Grand Patriarch, not a hunter or a seeker, especially not a Yajuta. It'd be incredibly difficult, even with a human on our backs. But possibly a Raptorian or two. They're very light in comparison, Ish said, looking at the surface stalkers. So now we just need a way to get past the electricity, Ak said thoughtfully. Well, what about Stunniel skin? One of the Raptorian prides suddenly piped up and they turned to look at them. What's a Stunniel then? Ak asked. It's a type of eel that's native to the rivers and large rakes of this region. They're pretty big, about nine foot in length. 
they discharge a high voltage stock, shock to stun their prey before devouring them. Their skin's a natural insulator and a very good one at that. Axe scratched his chin and then shook his head. No, that won't work. It was simply a case of wearing gloves and he wouldn't need, need it. Their armours protect against high voltage. Problem is they can't stick to the wall if they can't use their claws. He explained and the Raptorian seemed to light up. Well, would the gel work? They asked and Axe seemed to be taken aback. Gel? Yes, and they nodded. Yeah, the stunial skin is loaded with the stuff. We harvest them to use in industrial insulation. The stuff is thick and sticky as hell. If your Xenos coated their hands and feet in the stuff, it won't come off easy. Users ne usually needs industrial grade solvent to get the damn stuff off. But it will coat their skin in a natural insulation that will prevent electricity from passing through it. They explained and Ak lit up as he looked at Yish. Would that work? He asked and she shrugged. Can't see why not, Grand Patriarch. As long as the stuff isn't slippery, we should be able to maintain traction. He said Nack nodded. Okay, you girls take my wife and show her where she needs to hunt. She'll get you as many eels as you need. He said and Tick straightened up and turned to face the Raptorians, who now looked a little concerned. Are you sure, Grand Patriarch? These eels can be very dangerous to the unprepared. They said and Tick growled till Ak laid a hand on her shoulder, calming her temper. Trust me, girls, when it comes to hunting, there's no better than the Yejuta. It's quite literally their way of life. And for all of them, there's no better huntress than my wife here. If you saw a trophy wall at our home, you'd understand, he said, swelling Tick's heart with pride. As she definitely had met letting him admire her rear end after this. Hunt was done, that's for damn sure. And she had some delicious uses in mind for that silver woman tongue of his. Raptorians nodded and led the way. A tick gestured to Hunter One to follow her. The two groups left together, leaving her beloved act to continue planning the assault. He'd undoubtedly fill her in on all the details when she returned victorious with her trophy in hand. If this eelskin was a pretty thing, maybe she'd make him a nice posing pouch to wear with it. It'd make a nice replacement for the fluffy sun fox one she'd made him after she broke the damn thing, tearing it off him with her mandibles. The Raptorians looked on nervously, a tick crouched on a tree limb overhanging the lake. She slowly towed a piece of something the Raptorians called Skimmerbird. They were four little-legged birds that could walk on water due to their incredibly light bodies and white feet. They actually seemed to skate along the surface of still water. The Raptorians had been setting up an overly complex plan to catch a couple and tickle tick simply cloaked and then snatched three of them out of the air as they flew by her. She had her visual sensors now running in cold blood mode to spot the long eels from where they emerged. And it didn't take long for, for a huge shadow emerged from the depth of the river. Like a long snake it rose slowly towards the bait. And suddenly an alarm in Tick's mask went off to tell her she'd been hit with a high voltage shock. The eel had shocked the bait and the current had travelled up the line. As the eel rose to claim its prize Tick struck. The huge eel slammed down in front of the stunned Raptorians with a squelch as Tick pulled her combi stick free from its head. One stun eel, as promised, she said looking down at the creature. Its hide looked thick and somewhat rubbery, but it had a gorgeous hue of blue and purple to it. And it was, she was definitely skinning this thing and claiming its hide when the Raptorians were done getting the gel out of it. She was going to make Ak a very nice pouch with this, and she could not wait to tear that off him with her mandibles either. 
The Raptorians did their thing and extracted the thick green gel-like substance from the eel by basically squeezing it out like a tusk paste tube. And once they were done, Tick took out a dagger and expertly skinned the creature, leaving behind what looked like a burst sausage. And she rolled up the skin and stashed it away. She also took a couple of teeth as a trophy that would go very nicely in a necklace or possibly a predlock charm. Once back at the camp, the Raptorians handed off the gel to the battle angels and they analysed it to ensure that there was nothing dangerous in it to them. And once they were happy, they gave Ak the thumbs up. Alright people, listen up, let's go over the plan and it's a very simple one. Ak began and Tix sat listening to her beloved one talk. And even though the details of what he was saying were sinking in, she couldn't help but picture him naked, all but for an eel-skin thong which he barely hid the joy that was hers and hers alone. She pictured herself running her claws over his silky skin before leaning down and gripping Sing Thong and liberating her beautiful treasure, before sliding it into something much snugger and much warmer. Alright people, you all know your jobs. We wait for nightfall and then we attack. Let's get this done. First time, done right. Dismissed. Ak finished and ticked side heavily. She loved listening to our most beloved one talk. Hell, he could read her a porking communicator code book for all she cared as long as he kept speaking. Tick watched as the nearly invisible Zeno scaled the wall. Invisible, their ability to stick to just about any surface was unparalleled and they made them a truly worthy prey when she had hunted them in the distant pass. Now the mere thought of someone harming her beloved Zeno brothers and sisters filled Tick with a form of rage so pure that it didn't even have a name. The Xenos of Clan Mason were beloved by all, even if she did have to shoo some of the more annoying ones off the roof of her house every so often. Now she watched the Battle Angel scaling the truly massive electrified wall with Raptorians riding on their back, gripping their dorsal tubes. She couldn't be prouder of how far they'd come. Clan Mason simply wouldn't be Clan Mason without its three hives and their wonderful offspring. Not to mention the multitude of hybrids that now existed since the Grand Awakening and evolution, thanks to their very own Dr. Grace. Once they were over the wall, the Battle Angels would back up the Victorian surface stalker teams that had gone with them. Their job was to silence any guards on the walls and make their way down to the power generator feeding said wall. And once that was down, it was go time. It took all of ten minutes for the Raptorians to find and neutralise the generator, a fact that was obvious by the brightly lit base when suddenly plunged into darkness. One of the scouts at the base of the wall taste tested it with a probe and quickly gave a thumbs up. All teams, all teams, go, go, go! Her beloved Ak yelled into the comms. Tick propelled herself from the tree she'd been sitting in and slammed into the wall about three quarters of the way up it using her wrist blades to give purchase. The hunters were doing the same all around her, and as one they loaded and fired their ascension hooks up and over the wall before activating the motors which allowed them to basically run up the wall vertically. Unlike her beloved Ark and his seekers who actually just did run up it vertically. They were passed by a series of blue streaks that shot up and over as the seekers passed them moving at incredible speed. While that was happening the Raptorians were using their own version of the grappling ascension guns and were currently swinging out of the trees en masse to begin their own climb. Pretty soon all of them too were swarming up and over the wall and into the ramparts beyond. The Scalathor and Draconis inside the base never knew what the hell hit them. 
as their night guards and maintenance crews were coming out to their dormitory carrying torches to head over to the generator room to find out what the hell was happening. They were met with very angry Xenos and Raptorians coming the other way. Curiously, the Battle Angels were still letting the little Raptorians ride them in pairs. They looked like miniature knights mounted atop their noble steeds as the Xenos leapt at the surprised guards. A Draconis guard raised her weapon to fire at the Battle Angels, just before her face slammed hard into the metal floor, smashing her snout with a spray of crimson blood. Tip simply stepped off the woman she'd used as a crash pad when leaping down from the ramparts to the floor below, and finished her with a kick to the head so hard it snapped her ne- neck like a twig. The sound of the commotion outside, a swarm of confused Scalthor began to pour out of the barracks, trying to figure out what in the name of hell was happening. Tick's shiny new casters popped up from under her fins and began to whine as they spun up. As my beloved Ack would say, let's pork in rock. Tick roared and opened fire on them. The barrage of fire from the cannons on her shoulders unleashed surprised even Tick herself. It was like having a minigun on each shoulder popping off rounds constantly. They were constantly switching between targets as they presented themselves, sending never-ending streams of plasma downrange towards the crowd of Scalathor as they desperately tried to organise themselves and dive into cover. A couple of them managed to get around Tick and tried to attack her from the rear, not reckoning on the perimeter defence system of Tick's armour. As they popped out to shoot at her, a couple of Tick's casters spun around 180 degrees and fired back at them, so now Tick was actually firing in two directions at once. She let out a tremendous battle roar that was instantly picked up by the other members of Clan Mason creating a crescendo of noise that echoed back at them from the metallic walls of the base. It had a powerful psychological effect on the Scalifor and the Connor soldiers, visibly rattling a good many of them. But not content on being a mobile gun turret, Tick pulled out her mighty warhammer and snapped it into shape. She was going in. Tick leapt through the air, kicking off a pile of crates to boost her jump height, and as she got above a large group of Scalifor, she saw two of Axe Seekers joining her, Though she couldn't tell who who was who below their armour. Both appeared to be women, though. Seekers! On me! She roared and both kicked off some crates alongside her, following her right down into the fray. Tick brought a huge warhammer down on top of a Scalathor's head with a mighty dong noise that resonated out around her. The impacted Scalathor simply crumpled like she'd hit an empty cardboard tube with it. Two of them charged at her, screaming loudly, until there were two bright blue flashes and only the bodies kept running, with blood founting under their necks. Their heads actually stayed where they were. She saw both Seekers briefly appear to flick the blood from their blades and then vanish again back into the melee. Her beloved Ark had trained her Seekers extremely well. A constant source of pride for her, really. A Draconis bellowed a charge and aimed a rifle at Tick. The shot she got off before Tick simply reached out and just impacted her shields, making them ripple. The moment before Tick's warhammer hit her full in the face, her eyes widened in fear. Here was an enemy who simply did not run because you yelled and shot at them. This enemy ran at you and hit you in the face with a rather large block of metal instead. Tick's cannons were still going to her amazement. She would have thought they would have overheated by now. But they were still firing in all directions. And the all-point defence system was making her extra dangerous because it didn't matter where Tick was. She could still hit you. To her right, she saw a flash of gold and heard a yell. She turned just in time to see three Scalhor down one of her hunters, using their tails to sweep his legs from under him. 
They concentrated their fire until his shields collapsed as he scrambled to try and get back to his feet. Dick bellowed a roar and with a spin she threw her warhammer at the nearest one of them. With all of her strength, the golden hammer flew straight and true. Hit the woman square in the back of the skull with such force her head actually exploded in a shower of gore and bone. The other two began to turn to see in the name of hell and just killed their ally. And they were just in time to see Tick charging right at them before she spun straight through them, slashing both of them multiple times with her now and she smart discs clenched in her fists. Both women fell and she turned to the fallen hunter and wrenched him to his feet. He instantly saluted. Thank you, Grand Matriarch. I owe you my life, he said and she nodded. Get your shield back up and get back into the fight, young one. Do not let them get behind you again, she said, and the young woman hunter nodded before charging into cover to let his shield recharge. But that didn't stop him firing at the enemy in order to defend his allies. Tick turned and with a spin threw both of her smart discs out into the fray using her targeting system to pick out targets. The metallic discs danced and weaved as they dodged friendlies and struck their intended targets causing screams to erupt on the sudden loss of limbs that they'd only had a second ago. But Dick didn't stand idle, as her cannons finally did overheat and entered their cooldown phases, venting clouds of steam around her head as they cooled down. Tick flicked both sets of wrist blades out and charged forwards. Tick just eviscerated two draconis with a quick flurry of stabs and there was a loud dong from her right and she turned, just in time to find a scalpel frozen in place the top of her skull caved in. Blood was blo leaking from both her ear canals and she appeared to have gone cross-eyed, frozen in place as her brain struggled to comprehend that she was now dead. Sat on top of her head was a very familiar golden block. As the scalpel collapsed into a heap, Tick was surprised to find a group of Raptorians behind her. Well, more specifically, two of them. One stood atop the other's shoulders and holding her warhammer. Lose something, Grand Matriarch? The one holding the hammer asked, holding out the now rather bloody hammer to her as she jumped down from her pride sister's shoulders and the rest of the pride tightened up into a defensive ring all around them, shooting outwards. Thank you, bold one. I must compress, confess that I find myself surprised you were able to wield it, she said in the Raptorian grinned. The name's Vesma. This is my pride. And honestly, there's nothing to it once you know the trick. The little Raptorian said as Tick took the hammer from her. Oh, and what trick is that exactly? Tis asked, Tick asked curiously as she punched a charging Scalthor in the face, sending her wrist blades right through her eye sockets and out the back of her head, before pulling them back out and watching the blades readjust to their original positions as the body fell. Just let the hammer do the work, get it moving and let its weight carry you until it hits something squishy, Vesma said, and Tick roared with laughter. Oh, I like you, small one. Come find me after the battle. I would like to reward your swift actions, Tick said and Vesma waved her hand. No reward necessary, Grand Matriarch. You are here fighting on our soil and that's reward enough. Though, if you were to put in a good word for me and my pride with a certain pretty human boy of yours that I and my pride have had our eye on, me and my pride certainly wouldn't say no, Vesma said, making Tick laugh again. I'll see what I can do. Come and find me after the battle and point him out, she said, and all pride pumped their fists into the air and cheered as they ran off to continue the fight. Dick laughed and shook her head as she grabbed an unsuspecting Scalthor from her hiding place behind the crates by her tail and swung the 
like a screaming hammer to take out of the cornice that was lifting off out of the air, then proceeded to use the screaming scalthor to beat them both to death. She was rather liking these raptorians more and more by every minute. They were a fiery little bunch. Suddenly there was a loud bang and yelling from her right and Tick whirled around just in time to see what appeared to be the captive scalthor males running from a large smoking hole in the barracks block. Something or someone had obviously blown their cell open and now the utterly terrified males were running around in confusion right in the middle of a war zone. Tick's heart froze as she saw multiple scarthor turning their weapons towards the terrified males as they ran trying to find cover from the projectiles ripping through the air all around them. No! Tick screamed as the closest scarthor opened fire on them, obviously to prevent the invaders from taking them away from them. A rage like she hadn't felt in a long time surged through every fibre of her being. These animals would turn their weapons on the truly innocent just to deny them the right to even know what happiness and freedom was. They would kill their own to simply prevent either the Raptorians or Clan Mason from freeing these innocent creatures. A series of flashes suddenly appeared around the group of terrified males who now rung towards one another and clung together in the middle of the field scared to take another step and not knowing what to do or where to go. They did the only thing that they knew how to. They clung together and screamed in fear. And that scream for mercy was answered. The flashes around them were seekers. A beloved Ack had arrived just in the nick of time with two others that Tick had seen earlier. The three of them stood as a living shield for the innocent males. Their blades sung as they moved and cutting through every projectile through the air that they had a, before it had a chance to find innocent flesh. The three of them were moving so fast they were a blur to all that saw them to the naked eye that looked like there was a ring of seekers surrounding the males, using their mighty blades to protect them. The air around them was cracking and arcing with electricity, generated by the sheer power and speed of the seekers. Tick went berserk. She felt the pure fire of the Eternal Huntress flow through her as, pure, as the pure daughter of the Eternal Huntress herself. She felt the call to answer the dishonour with justice and vengeance, that of the Eternal Huntress. It filled her every cell with a thirst for justice for these poor creatures and the anger and pure rage that welled up inside her at this display of supreme cowardness and vileness that these so-called females displayed towards their males. These were their sons, their brothers, their fathers. They were supposed to protect them, cherish them, love them and that they would so callously throw their lives into the void without even the slightest hint of compassion or mercy set Tick's soul aflame. She let out a roar so loud that it shook the whole place. It carried with it the power of her anger and it lit the hearts of the others around her with the same fire. All of the Yajuta berserkers were doing the same, male and female alike. The fires of rage were burning and burning bright. It seemed to carry over to their new Raptorian friends because small bellowing roars were now coming from them as well. Tick hoisted her war hammer high above her head and led the charge running right at the scalpel without a single care. All she knew that this outrage must be paid for in blood. Goddess, guide my hands as you guide those of my husband. As his pants protect, let mine destroy. As his hands hold the shield that keeps the innocent safe, let mine hold the sword by which the guilty die. Let me send their souls to you to be judged for their crimes that they commit. Make me your instrument. 
make me your sword. I will hunt your prey and I will destroy them. Tick chanted over and over again to herself as her blood rage grew and grew. Suddenly it was like her blood was made out of completely liquid fire now. She hit the first Scalthor so hard that she flew backwards, taking three others with her. Tink swing left and right as the Scalthor and Deconis desperately tried to fend her off. But even when her shields collapsed and round after round pinged off her armour, Tick simply kept swinging. All around her, her rage was flowing like water over her allies. She saw a pride of Raptorians pounce onto a Scalthor and tried to shoot down the males as she tried to flee and such was their rage that they used their vicious little clawed feet to slash her to death without a single shred of mercy before moving on to the next. Moore joined them and suddenly Tick felt a presence to her side. Turning to lift her hammer, her hand stayed as she recognised the armour and giant sword. It was her beloved husband. Glancing back she saw that the males were now surrounded in two overlapping bubble shields. The tightly packed knot of males was guarded by the battle angels now and they were furious. As she watched, she saw one whip her tail out of the bubble to stab it through two Scalifor and launch them right at their allies, while another reached through the shield, grabbed one and headbutted her so hard that she broke the woman's neck. Ark blocked a shot at her with his large blade, cutting it clean in two. Then he twisted and cleared the path, driving his combis stick through a woman hiding behind a crate. No words were spoken between the pairs they fought side by side. None were needed. Both knew how this must end. There'd be no mercy here tonight. There would be no redemption. But there would be justice. And there would be blood. And that they were perfectly fine with. As the main battle ended, the hunters spread out and with the assistance of their Raptorian allies they hunted down and eliminated every single last Scalathorn to Connest to the last one. Tick and Arak were part of that hunt, and no one escaped their fury, with her most beloved one claiming the final kill of the battle, using her very own combi stick which he plucked from her hips, and with a throw so mighty it made the large spear fly the whole length of the base, and nail the last fleeing draconis who attempted to take flight to the metal wall of the base itself, where she hung now, pinned like a puppet with the strings cut. Then... With that final release of death, he let out a bellowing roar that Tick picked up, and soon every single person from both Clan Mason and the Rectorians echoed it. It was the last of the blood rage venting. The fight was now over. Justice had been served, and righteous vengeance achieved. Ak placed a hand on Tick's broad shoulder and patted it softly. His helmet retracted, and she noticed that he looked exhausted. Her beloved Ak was no berserker. He did not fight using the power of fury as his fuel. His fuel was the calm serenity that being a dream warrior granted him. But seeing what he had ignited his anger. Plus then adding his wife's call to arms in the form of her war cry. And he'd simply let himself surrender to it. But with it came a price. A price all Yuzuka berserkers knew well. She hooked her arm underneath his and propped him up, giving him a knowing look as she nodded. At her in appreciation. I have you, my love, and I always will. Now, let me carry you, she said softly, ensuring that these words only reached his ears. You're the only one I will ever let carry me, my heart, he said softly, leaning on her as he did. Suddenly a cry went up from the Raktorians. 
"'Victory!' they yelled, and the cry lifted the hearts of the battle-weary, their allies lifting their weapons and yelling and cheering as they did. Both Tick and her beloved Ark looked at one another, and did the same, both roaring, her hand holding a huge warhammer and his his huge claymore sword. There had been losses, of course. Battle was a bloody nasty business, and the pair saw Raptorian's medics scampering around, as were the battle angels. The Seekers had retaken their guard duty over the innocent Scalthor males to allow the battle angels to join their comrades in saving life. Tick pressed her communicator now. This is Hunter 1-1 to both Dreamer and Grand Matriarch's Fury. We require a squadron of battle angels at this location. The location's been secured, but there's multiple casualties. Hunter 1-1 over and out, she said. The response was instant. Roger that, Hunter 1-1, stand fast, the angels are coming. That's what she got back. Literally seconds later, streaks began appearing in the night sky like shooting stars. Look, my love. The angels are coming, Ak said, looking at the night sky. The roar of the pods filled the air before they landed, all around them bursting open and sending four battle angels each, bursting outwards, instantly on the hunt for wounded to heal and lives to save. This is Seeker 2-1 to both Hunter 1-1 and Seeker 1-1. Sight secured, minimal casualties here. They never knew what hit them. Seeker 2-1, over and out. Lion's voice came back through the comms. This is bronze six to all cal call signs. The Scalthorn network just lit up like a Freedom Day tree here. They know we hit them. They're mobilising for mass retaliation. Looks like some local scouts got a look at what we were up to and reported it back to their central ground HQ. They're mobilising. Smoke's voice exclaimed through the comms. Dick and Ak looked at one another and nodded grimly. Ak pressed his comms button. This is Sequel 1-1 to Grand Matriarch's Fury. Time to live up to that ship's name that it's blessed with. Hit those pre-prescribed targets. Your weapon's free to take out any large armoured divisions that are away from their bases. Let these fuckers see what happens when you park with Clan Mason or our friends. Seeker 1-1 out. He snarled. Roger that, Seeker 1-1. Hold on to your porking ass. Here comes the pain. Captain Telethran replied and above their head there were a series of flashes in orbit. From the distance there was incredibly loud booms that rolled over the landscape, sending animals screaming from their hiding places in the trees and the undergrowth. Three bright flashes on the ground in the distance lit the night sky. Fire in the hole, mother pokers, Ak said as the huge guns above the Grand Matriarch's Fury found their targets. The huge tungsten slugs from the huge of male guns slammed into the ground, with the force of a nuclear bomb, completely erasing the targets from all existence. Targets destroyed, the fleet is moving to provide orbital coverage. Grand Matriarch's Fury, over and out, Delethran said. Tick looked at Ak. Looks like the time for sneaking around has ended, my heart. Now it's time to really hit these porkers where it hurts, she said, and Ak nodded and pressed his comms again. Seeker 1-1 one, one to Bronze 6. Execute kill command. Fry their mess, their network. Then broadcast a message to the Raptorian command brides. Tell them staging posts Bravo and Charlie are secure. Supply depots 1 through 3 destroyed with orbital strikes. Reinforcements requested. Also further innocence to be transported to safe zones. Transport routines required at this location 
and at Seeker 2-1's location. Message ends. Seeker 1-1, over and out. Ack said. Roger that, Seeker 1-1, executing kill command. Sending viruses. We'll contact Raptorian Command ASAP. Expect response soon. Bronze 6, over and out. Smoke replied. Ack glanced over at the knot of Scalathorn males that were now being tended by the Battle Angel reinforcements, while his Seekers stood guard over them like watchful angels. For them and all like them that have suffered, we're going to porking win this, and we're going to take their fight right to their porking door, and we're going to kick it the fuck right through, my love. Right fucking through, he said, his voice filled with anger, and Tick nodded. She was porking ready where her, her beloved one stepped, she followed, even if they was right through the gates of hell themselves. That was chapter 30, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like the war's really heating up now. But will Tick and Jack be able to maintain their control over it and keep the momentum going? Or will the Scalathorn Draconis have some tricks left up their sleeves? Can only be one way to find out the answer to those questions. Gonna have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.